who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Hello and welcome to the Three Red Lights podcast. This is episode 124. And there's going to be, uh, this will be either the best podcast ever or the worst. Uh, we're trying something a little different this time. Usually it's the worst. <laughs> it's, usually it is the worst, so it won't be any different. Last week was the worst. Yeah, and the week before that was the worst. That was the worst, too. We keep getting worse. So uh, with me is uh, Charles Onyette, uh and Dave Clayman. Uh, Hillary's out this week. Uh, he's a little bit busy. So uh, rather than closing it out with an interview like we usually do, we are going to start things with an interview. So joining us right now, we have Travis Chen from uh, Neversoft, mm -hmm. and he is the guy who kind of heads up the uh, GH Studio side of Guitar Hero. Yeah. So uh, thanks for having me, guys. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for joining us. Uh, and the, the way we're going to do this even more differently is that we're going to try calling readers. This is not going to work. So guaranteed disaster, pretty much. <laughs> so if you just hear some dead air and then we come back and we never called any readers, it means we failed and we couldn't actually include it. <laughs> but uh, before we begin, Travis, if you could give us a rundown of what, what it is you do and uh, what we can expect out of Guitar Hero 5. Yeah, so I'm a programmer at Neversoft Entertainment, and I work exclusively on GH Studio and Guitar Hero World Tour, and also Guitar Hero 5. Uh, so, uh, Guitar Hero 5 has the music studio, like Guitar Hero World Tour, but we've done a lot of things to improve it this year and make it a lot more accessible to the user, a lot more intuitive, and really up the sound quality. Um, We've also included this new mode called GH Jam, and that's for your uh, your casual players and your um, your budding musicians. And what GH Jam is is, is um, it's really just anyone who wants to express their musical creativity can just pick up an instrument, jump in, and instantly create great sounding songs. 
Um, and how that works is we give the user different styles to choose from. These, these styles range from anywhere from, you know, classic rock to metal to punk. And we have, even have more obscure styles like uh, chip tunes, electro, uh, hip hop. And so these styles set you up with the perfect sounding instrument, the perfect sounding effects. You're in the right scale. And you also have backing tracks to accompany you. And it's just this improvisational mode. Anything I play is going to sound good. I really can't do anything wrong in the mode. And there I can I, re I can record notes or I could just jam out. Um, it's a multiplayer experience, so I could jam out with my friends. And uh, any of those songs I create in GHDM, I can, I can play back in-game. And I can also... Um, fine-tune them in GH Mix. And what GH Mix is, is um, we had this in last year in, in World Tour. And what it is, is it's your advanced editor. It's your, it's your full music compositional software built into Guitar Hero World Tour, or Guitar Hero 5. So the music studio in Guitar Hero World Tour, um, we got a lot of feedback from the community. A lot of people that played with it um, gave us a lot of suggestions. And I think this year we've really um, improved the intuitiveness of the mode and made it really easy to use. We've dramatically reduced the amount of time it takes to, to create a song but also up the the amount of power we give to the user and the the ability to um, for the details in in every single note and really make the best sounding song they can. Um, so we've done that a couple of ways. GH Mix has this new pattern mode, which allows you to p place down all these patterns throughout your songs. We have 400 plus preset patterns, and you just paste them down like building blocks to get a song structure. And you can also edit individual parameters on notes um, after recording notes. So some cool things we can do is uh, you can edit how hard or how soft a note is hit. You can express the notes in different ways, which wasn't in World Tour. You can actually bend a note or tremolo a note, just like a guitar hero, would, a, a guitar player would would actually play a guitar. You don't just play the note; you bend to a note, you slide to a note, you tremolo that note. Um, so you can do that with your guitar parts in uh, GH5. Um, you can also design your note track as a post-processing step. Um, so there's there's a lot of tools that we've added to 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 really ease the process of making the song, but also just give give the user a lot more power. And we've also we've also done a lot to up the sound quality this year. We've professionally re-recorded all of our samples. These are real instruments that are sampled, real real guitars. We've done that across the board for all instruments: rhythm guitar, lead guitar, bass, drums, and keyboard. And um, yeah, we have. Line 6 effects, we have some sweet features with Line 6. You can actually uh, switch effects mid-track so you can get that real cool, clean-to-dirty sound like you'd find in Smells Like Teen Spirit. Um, you can also assign effects to any track. So so all these things just come together and just you, you can make really great-sounding songs um, that, end of the day, can all be uploaded to GH Tunes. And that's that's the, the huge library of user-generated content that's great, fun to play, you know, uh, great sounding, and it's uh, for and by the Guitar Hero community. And that's, you know, it's free to create, share, and download for right. everybody. And there's limits on that, too, like how many you can you can upload to... So, yeah, World Tour had, uh, you were able to upload five songs, and you they could only be in three-minute lengths. So this year, we've, we've, we've upped that a lot. Um, Songs can now be 10 minutes in length, so you can really make some epic long songs. And also you're able to upload 50 songs to GH Tunes. And any time those songs can replace. So, so any time you can, you can have 50 songs in GH Tunes. And we definitely saw some users in World Tour that 
that could have used those 50 slots because <laughs> they what they would do is they would have their five and once one of them they were done with or had a new one they would take one down mm-hmm. and put a new one up so now we just we just give them you know their whole couple albums worth of songs yeah um, I guess, like, if, if I'm someone who's, like, coming in uh, to this and it's like, wow, that sounds great, like, there's going to be so many songs up available for download, like, how do I actually browse that and, and figure out, like, which ones are good versus which are, like, 10 minutes of someone, like, hitting the same note right. the, the whole time? That, that'd be me. Oh, okay. Yes, all, all of Dave Clayman's tracks. How do I, all day how do I avoid his tracks? Okay. How do you get rid of my <laughs> creativity? So, J.H. Tunes has different leaderboards that allow you to search different things. Like, we have an all-time best, which is your, like, top 100 songs. And you, you also have the the hot this week, which are the songs that are you know the most popular this week. And you can also search by genre. Um, but all these songs they're rated when you play the song back in game. And so through this process, the the good songs move to the top and the bad songs move to the bottom. So if you're looking on the all time best, the top this week, you know. Um, the best of electronic songs, for example, you're gonna you're gonna find what you want. Um, you can also search by song name, and if if you're um, participating on the internet, you can search by an ID for a song if you if you like. Um, so there's there's a lot a lot there to find songs that you want to play. Okay, and yeah. also I just realized I might be going over reader questions. I don't know what their questions are. <laughs> yeah, well, let's go to let's try. Let's try uh, this out. Oh, I'm okay. scared. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're gonna uh, be calling. Is this mic already on here? Yeah, this mic should be on. If not, I can just lean in and uh, they can steal my thunder. All right. Well, <laughs> this, this won't work at all. Hello? Hey, is this uh, Vortigaunt Slayer? Yeah, that's right here. <laughs> How's it going? You're on the uh, Three Red Lights podcast. Hey, what's up? So you have a question for uh, Travis Chen here. He's uh, the guy to talk to about the uh, GH Studio. Yeah, uh, Mr. Chen. Um, I'd just like to say that as a fan of the Guitar Gear series, I really appreciated and liked stuff that was in World Tour, such as uh, the additions of while well, playing guitar, hammer on notes, like three notes at once, and uh, open bass note. There's, as a guitar player myself, I like just enjoy doing stuff like this. Oh sure. So, yeah, like what kind of stuff is gonna be in Guitar Hero Five that sort of relates to like a real instrument? You know, makes it more like playing a real guitar to your bass. Right. So as as far as the the gameplay is concerned. Yeah, I mean, only so much can be done with five buttons and a, a, a strum bar, but like what kind of other elements in the gameplay have been changed, so it sort of feels like playing a real guitar. Well, on the, on the music studio side of things, um, which is kind of sep- separate from the game, uh, we're, we're really trying, especially with our new GH Jam feature, which is just this, this improvisational mode, to really make the user feel like they actually are playing the instrument. So it's more than just playing the notes on the highway, it feels like you're actually being creative. And, you know, that's, 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 that's the best part about, you know, playing a guitar and making your own music, is having that creativity. So I think with GH, with GH Jam, I, I think really trying to convey that to the user, that this is all about giving them the opportunity to be, you know, to improvise. And so there we have, we have some kind of unique things, like um, you can tilt on the guitar to, uh, 
switch octaves. You can hold down on the little uh, back button near your, your right hand to mute notes. Um, you can whammy notes, and you can also provide different expressions to each note by touching the touch strip. And these, these, these expressions are like slides, tremolos, and pitch bends. Um, so all those together really makes it feel like you're actually playing a real instrument when you're when you're really just it's a it's a really inviting mode that anybody can play you know you can give it to a little kid and they're gonna have a blast with it um, so so that's on the that's that's on the GHGM side of things that's very cool yeah so hopefully hopefully it gives you that feeling you know when you're messing in GHGM that you know it's that that musical creativity that's pent up in, in inside of everybody that we're trying to like release with this mode so hopefully you kind of get that feeling like wow i'm actually playing an instrument and you know maybe maybe take it to that next level where you're actually composing songs in gh mix or actually picking up a real guitar and you know messing around with the stuff you learned from guitar hero all right awesome thanks cool hey thanks for the call man Well, that was far more normal than uh, <laughs> I think any of us expected. Should that, we try another? That Should we push actually, our luck? That was actually strange because it went so well. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was, was better than our podcast. What was his gamer tag? Well, that, that, his uh, IGN, uh, IGN name, name is uh, Vortigaunt Slayer 222. He uh, sounded like a Vortigaunt Slayer. He did. I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> An avid contributor. Yes, <laughs> a, a frequent poster at, uh, at IGN. He didn't right. know you were on the line, though, Charles. Sorry, I, <laughs> I don't know what that means. Then it would have gone down. Yeah. <laughs> there would have been, there been words crazy <laughs> slang going on. I will just remain silent. <laughs> so can I just pose a scenario? Say you're jamming yeah, yeah. with like you know a few friends, yeah, and yeah. you always have that one guy in the band who just friggin' sucks. <laughs> so in the editor, can you turn him off? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, the cool thing with GH Jam, like mm -hmm. let's say we're all recording a part, and mm -hmm. you know, let's say you're that guy that's... Eh, that Why that would you say uh, that? <laughs> you know, I could go ahead and take that song, mm -hmm. and... Mess with it in in GH Jam, but I can also take it to the next level and bring it into GH Mix. Once it's once it's saved from GH Jam, it's, mm -hmm. it's just a music studio song that's treated like any other Guitar Hero song. And I can go ahead and let's say he was off beat. Yeah. I can go into GH Mix and use our quantize tool to get everything tighter and get it on beat. Or let's say I didn't like his part at all, or right. he totally blew the solo. Right. I can go ahead and just delete that solo and maybe add one of our preset patterns or or record our own solo within GH Mix. So, cool. so there's a lot you can do after recording, and you can also, in GH Jam, re-record over things. Um, so, yeah, it's really just editing GH Mix and, you know. That's cool, because, I mean, when you're, play when you're playing with a lot of other people creatively, you don't want to tell them they suck. You just want to make it sound better later, because yeah, you don't yeah, want that yeah, awkwardness. Yeah. Yeah. You know? so, so it's just when the song goes up, and then their track's totally not totally in Totally not yeah. in it, You're yeah. like, yeah, it sounded better this way. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, and thanks, you man. can use GH Mix as, like, this, this whole post-processing thing. So let's let's say, you know, you want to balance it with a mixer, mm -hmm. and you want to make sure your pans are all right, and you want to note track it, and put star power sequences and switch the gameplay between tracks. That's all stuff you can do as a post-process in GH Mix. Nice. So you can be as insane as Axl Rose. That's what you're trying to say. As insane. <laughs> so 10 years later, you can put up your track. <laughs> nice. All right. Should we try another one here? Uh, this guy offered us an orange dollar bill if we call him first. but I don't know what that means. Oh, you weren't here for the last podcast. A guy had an orange $10 bill that he wanted to know what we should... Isn't that a Monopoly ten dollars? <laughs> <I think so. laughs> Pretty that's sure that's what that money. is. Well, Actually, those are yellow. Let's know, try this I and see, see what. Uh, paid in orange bills. We're sorry, the number you have dialed is not in service at this time. It's gonna be the front desk somewhere. 
Best Buy, how may I help you? <laughs> Hi, is this Sean Parker? Uh, yes, this is. Uh, who am I speaking to? You are on the Three Red Lights podcast. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> so we have uh, Travis Chen here who works on the uh, Guitar Hero studio side. Hey, what's things. up? Um, hello, Mr. Chen. Hey, nice to meet you. Uh, Oh, you know, I love it there. It's a great place to work. <laughs> and it's a great product to be working on. Real fun. Alright, uh, I guess that's my question. Um, <laughs> uh, no, actually, uh, uh, I looked at those guys already asked you their questions. Uh, we've, we've had a few questions, but, you know, we can retread old topics if you want to just shoot whatever you got. Yeah, just dive into it. Yeah, I've actually worked on Guitar Hero 3, Guitar Hero World Tour, and Guitar Hero 5, and I was um, a, a programmer on all three of those. And uh, in Guitar Hero World Tour and Guitar Hero 5, I worked exclusively on the music studio. So, uh, since yeah, yeah, I've been there since since never. I actually started interning on Guitar Hero three, so they already they were already working on Guitar Hero a little bit before I got there, and then when I went full time at Never Stop, I started working on Guitar Hero World Tour. You know, jump jump right into making the music studio. Um. Uh, so what's your title? What do you? How do you exactly? <laughs> I'm actually I'm a programmer, so. Um, my day usually consists of me staring at lines of code and fixing things. <laughs> that's that's generally my job description. Um, but but throughout the year, it's really broken out um, into a, a year cycle, and it's, there's quarters in in the game development cycle. So the first the first part of the year after Christmas time, we're we're kind of designing new features and prototyping things. And then the next the next quarter is is really about. Um, Making those ideas come to reality and and getting those features in the game, and then and then the the last the last section is once those features are in the game, there's a ton of problems with them and and that 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 quarter is all about getting things ready to go, getting things, you know, all the bugs worked out, everything polished so we can ship the game, and then finally we just we just you know, it's kind of relax for a bit and then then get to it again and see what we can do with the next one. Well, I mean, if... Uh, uh, yeah, the, the, um, getting the game ready on time, have you uh, felt uh, comfortable with the last two games? Um, yeah, that, uh, did it feel, I mean, uh, about managed to get it on time? You know, I'm not rushing it or anything? You think rush? No. <laughs> well, you know, we got we got the studio out last year, and there was a ton of stuff in that. Um, it was it was a real big mode. Um, but after you know World Tour, um, we we totally knew a lot of things that we can do um, to make it better. And also after the game came out, we got a ton of feedback from the community and a lot of suggestions. So this year's studio, we've really taken a huge step to to polish it to really make it a lot easier to use, a lot more intuitive, and also a lot more inviting for your, your kind of more casual gamer, people that might not be experienced with the studio before and might might be new to creating their own music. So, you know, we've, we've taken a lot of lessons learned from World Tour, um, 
community feedback, a lot of things that we wanted to do. And I think I think it really shows in Guitar Hero Five. When you pick up Guitar Hero Five's music studio, you can you can see the effort that you know went into it and and how different it is from World Tours. Yeah, how much more stuff? What do you think World um, Guitar Hero Five's music creator is compared? I mean, how much faster do you think it'll take to make a song? That's that's a good question. Um, I think just with the small interface um, uh, changes we've made, it's at, at least half the time um, to to make to make a song. We we've had people that are very experienced with making songs at NeverSoft um, use the new system and make songs within you know a couple hours, really great sounding songs. But at the same time. Um, our tools have a lot more power, so, so you're going to make better sounding songs and you're going to make more complex songs and longer songs in that period of time. So I, th I think we've, we've done a lot to address the problems and any, any interface problems that um, people had with um, World Tour. One small example, uh, which, is, which is like a small thing to add, but made so much difference, was skipping. Um, in Guitar Hero World Tour, you actually had to press a button to skip on the little toolbar. Um, this year we ha we map the skipping through the song directly to the strum bar and also the whammy bar. So you can use the whammy bar to analog skip through the song. So if you want to go to your chorus, you just have to hold the whammy bar down for a second and you're you're halfway through the song. And this just makes it so much easier to transport through your song and that just that speeds up the uh, song creation process. Hey, Sean, we're uh, going to move on to another uh, reader now, but uh, thanks for uh, taking the time to talk to us. It was great. Yeah, thanks a lot, Sean. All right, sure. Uh, uh, so uh, I have one more question. Uh, Eric, are you still there? Yeah. Uh, um, yes, when will I be getting my uh, picture of a point five drawing from David Clayman? Oh, I'm actually here, too. <laughs> <laughs> when did I promise that? Uh, well, I'll work on it this week, but I might just post it on the internet so everybody can have it. But, uh, if you'd like it, a personal Warhog drawing, then, uh, I think you should write in again. And, uh, so I can get your email address. Alright. Alright. Alright, thank you, sir. Thanks, Sean. Thanks, Sean. Thanks for letting me ask you my question. Uh, Beyond? No, no, wrong podcast. Hang up, Mom. Hang up. <laughs> I don't know what he's talking about. Yeah. Um, uh, can I ask a question? No. Oh. All right. Do you want to ask another question, Charles? No, I don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, well, yeah. I mean, like, so I know, like, there's incentive, like, because the whole draw of Guitar Hero is like, you know, fulfilling that fantasy of you know being up on stage and, sure, and playing these sure. ridiculous songs. So, you know, obviously, the that. It, the creator like taps into that and that mm -hmm. you know you can create your own music be like hey other people are playing this and rocking out or whatever but yeah. and the incentive for that is being at the top of the leaderboards and like being identified as hey this guy is really good but is there i mean i don't know if you can talk about if there's any plan beyond that like releasing like free downloadable like best user packs or or something to that effect um you know that i think that's something we're thinking about i i can't comment exactly on the plan right now, but it's it's definitely on on our minds. Um, one thing we will be doing is day one um, releasing, uh, I think twelve NeverSoft uh, showcase songs. So um, there's a showcase leaderboard on GH Tunes, which is a special section for songs that we kind of highlight as ones that we like. Um, so all of Dave's. 
Yes, all of Dave's, 100% Dave's. <laughs> well, we, we have a Dave leaderboard, too. Uh, pretty sure. Sort by garbage. Yes. <laughs> no, but these songs, these songs, and what we're going to be trying to do um, with our Guitar Hero blog is um, not just posting these songs, but also have some connection between the developer and these songs. So, for example, I'm two of the songs are mine, and they're chiptune songs. They're really lo-fi, 8-bit, gamey sounds. Um, so, you know, we'll be posting a little blog entry and you know, posting those two chiptune songs up, and yeah, so, um, and you know, I think there is some thought about doing some stuff like that for the community, Okay, but it's, it's still kind of up in the air. Because, yeah. I mean, yeah, there's there's the fame aspect where people are like, okay, I'm known now, at yeah, least yeah, yeah. within the, the community, and then there's the, hey, I want to make money on this too, and like, I don't know if they're ever elevated to the point where, hey, we can charge for these user songs or, or something to that effect. Sure. I mean, they'd have to be really good, right? But Yeah, yeah, I mean, there's definitely, there, you know... A lot, there's a lot that internet fame can do. So and I think I think a lot of this Jage Tunes thing, the internet kind of takes over for us, and and it's it becomes like this democratic system where you know people just get popular. Um, and there's there's a couple guys from World Tours, uh, uh, GH Tunes that definitely had some of the top ten songs, like a few of the top ten songs, and they they have a MySpace, um, for example. And so that they might use that to promote their band or something. Yeah, it's just interesting to think about people moving up through yeah, the leaderboards, the making a name for themselves through yeah. a, a game, and then actually transitioning that over into a live act. And be what, like, what I'm excited about is is, is giving these softwares software to like kids and people that haven't used something like this before that don't have a computer and a full studio at their house. Um, this is really a, a good means for them to experiment with this music creation process, to mess with these these tools for creating music and seeing where those those kids like take it. You know, they might take it to the next level and become, you know, producers or, you know, composers or or whatever. And and all that was based on their experience in, you know, GH Studio or whatever. And you could say the same thing for, you know, people that are playing guitar hero these days. Just take it to the next level and they become, you know, start a high school band or what you know, whatnot. It's pretty crazy when you think of the feature set that you guys put in there, like, you know, what Pro Tools Pro Tools costs and the fact that you have like the line six effects in there. I'm somebody who went out and bought a pod a long time ago. You know, I spent a few hundred dollars on that thing and that's what professionals would use to get the line six effects mm-hmm. through their amps and everything and now that's just you know it's part of the experience yeah, yeah. which is worth quite a bit of money yeah <laughs> you know that's that, like that's, the, the, the professional pod yeah. actually our our uh pod tech is based on the pod 2.0 so it's it's the same code yeah um, which is amazing because you know i had to go out and buy that separately and that's yeah, professional yeah. sounding after effects on your guitar and now you get that yeah which it wasn't really available you know yeah totally um yeah, and it's 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 within a huge game. Like if if it, if it wasn't there, it'd still be Guitar Hero. But you mm-hmm. have this whole game inside of a game that that's it's pretty cool. And you know, last year we had um, two hundred fifty thousand uploads and seventeen million seventeen million plus downloads of these these Guitar Hero songs. And it's cool. You know, it's it's free for the community to share, create, and download all these songs. Cool. Well, I don't. I think that's about all the time we have of yours. Okay. So uh, we will let you go, and then we'll continue on with our nonsense in a second. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> thanks for joining us. Yeah, that it was, was uh, awesome, guys. Lot. Great talking to you, and also yeah. the phone people. Flipped <laughs> <laughs> into a oh, lamp. Oh, yeah, that, right. that doesn't make any sense at all. <laughs> <laughs>
unless it goes like down the lamppost. All right, we're recording. Now. Oh, okay, we are back. Minus uh, an expert on Guitar Hero and minus the the listeners, but uh, minus Trump- the people who knew stuff. Yeah, about games. Yeah, here comes the part of the podcast that means nothing. Yeah, yeah. I'm currently browsing a web page. So oh, good. No good. idea. What's Charles, going Charles on we have right an agenda now. today. Uh, not really. You have stuff written down. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I wrote, I've wrote, I have four things written down. All right, well, we did the first one, right? Yeah, we did, no, that was five. I, Guitar Hero was number one, so that's done. Okay. We did that. That went well, I think. Yeah. Yeah, um, those were some very good reader questions. Uh, but Mass Effect DLC came out. The first Mass Effect, um, which was rumored for a little bit. Uh, and like sort of half confirmed through a Twitter post like a mm-hmm. while ago uh, from Bioware, and then they're like, I don't know, nothing happened on it. They're like, look next week for an announcement a few and, months ago, and, and then, then it just appeared, and then nothing happened, and then it just randomly showed up on live, mm-hmm. and it wasn't even announced yet, as far as I know. No, just the achievements <laughs> popped, popped up last week, and then it yeah. got its own splash page on Xbox.com, and then it appeared. And there still has I've still not seen any press release announcing that it came out. Well, I remember when it came out, I was like, I'll check Bioware's site for more information. And there was no indication on Bioware's site that the DLC had come out. And I bet I know why. Uh, well, it's called Pinnacle Station. Why and don't you tell us why, Eric? But yes, because it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. <laughs> Well, let's see. Your strap line on your Pinnacle Station review, which went up yesterday, is, was this really necessary? I'll answer that one. That's rhetorical. The answer is no. (laughs) It's not really necessary. You should have continued that strap line that said, rhetorical question, (laughs) exclamation point. The answer is no. Um, Yeah, I'm going to go back and change my strap line. (laughs) Yes, and you did not not score it very high. No. Um, It is more Mass Effect, and I loved Mass Effect, but uh, it's kind of just a a bunch of combat scenarios, Mm -hmm. and there's just about no story, and the entire download is loading in and out of these VR rooms that are created out of... Uh, just kind of like recycled areas from Mass Effect. Yeah. And you just shoot guys. That's all you do. The VR mission was pretty cool when Metal Gear did it like a decade ago. Um, You know, it would have been fine if this were a side quest in the game. Right. Which I bet it probably was originally, and then it got pulled, and then they turned it into a download, and then they realized it stunk, and they were like, we don't want to release this, but then they just did anyway. Probably for, I don't know why. Hmm. I see in a screenshot it says Admiral Ahern. Yeah. Isn't that a little weird? That's uh, that's a little bit like our own uh, Nate Ahern, yeah, sports he's, editor. He's, or I don't know, are we admitting that he's the sports editor? Yeah. <laughs> or is he still dead? He's dead to us. He's okay. definitely not an admiral. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely not an admiral. Okay. He's probably and, not on a starship right now. Ensign, be, I guess. at best. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, how does how does the mode actually work? It's the VR missions, but what do you do in the missions? You do. There's four different types. There's one where you just kill everyone as fast as you can. There's another where uh, you try to survive as long as you can by killing people. There's one where uh, you have to keep killing people to keep the clock going. Uh, and then there's another where you just run from one point to the next. It's supposed mm-hmm. to be like capture the flag, but you really just walk around. Because everybody knows running in Mass Effect really showed off the best qualities yeah. of the game. I think it was more, it, it was like this, the speed walking thing where the speed walkers like hips like splay out crazily. <laughs> yeah. It looks sort of like that if you go fast. I don't know. And then the frame rate drops. Well, And yeah. then you lose the mission and have to load in and out again. And it, uh, it's just not good. Don't, just don't buy it. <laughs> so yeah, that's not, that's obviously not a very high recommendation. And of course it costs what? Uh, it's five bucks. Five bucks. $1,700. <laughs> it costs $8 million. It costs a uh, thousand galactic bucks. Space bucks. Space bucks. Ploids. 
Internet but credits. Not ploids. <laughs> Just stop referencing ploids, please. It's the official currency of Planet Launch. Dave will not stop talking about ploids for some reason. <laughs> Just on our expense reports, you cannot translate between ploids and dollars surprisingly there is no ploids drop down <laughs> on our internal expense they report should put software. It on there though just for idiots like he'd be like you know <laughs> yeah, how many ploids are you how was this and you put you know five million ploids yeah. and then you get in dollars zero it's yeah. just always zero <laughs> you get a bag of fritos and it's like where were you on this trip and it's like i was in rand mcnally <laughs> where hamburgers eat people <laughs> on planet lunch on planet lunch yeah sorry on planet lunch uh, Mass Effect DLC check. Yeah, they did not add yeah. Planet Launch to. <laughs> no ploids in Mass Effect. They said they were going to add a galaxy, and Planet Launch is definitely part of the galaxy. Planet Launch. <laughs> it's out there somewhere. That would be great. You're like exploring the galaxy, and you're like, can't land here, can't land here. Land on Planet Launch. What the? <laughs> it's got to be like the moon mission where you can get like a subclass or something. Yeah, well, the moon mission was awesome. Yeah, except it's like a sub-lunch. That was so it was amazing how awesome the moon mission was, considering it's just a slightly different skin version of the other missions with the Earth in the background. The Earth is so cool, though. That's all they need to do to make things cool. Yep. They just did it once, and you're like, oh, awesome. I know that planet. <laughs> I've, I've been there. <laughs> I totally live at that place. <laughs> all right, so check mark on that. We're rolling right through our our list of. Oh yeah, sorry. I was trying to bring up these uh, these price cut stories because I was out at. Uh, um, last week at uh, Gamescom, and I think you guys already talked about everything that sort of happened at Gamescom in the last More podcast. I think. Yeah, we didn't. We, really. we talked. Nah, yeah. There I was mean, talking, uh, and there was talking was and conversation. Okay, technically, we went in and out of topics or words, maybe a few words. <laughs> we talked but, about. I mean, you we did talked about that Fable Three got announced. I mean, that was brought no, up. No, yeah. no, no, no. We talked about. Was it more about ketchup packets? Lips, uh, douche party dollar. Uh, yeah, we did talk a lot about douche party dollar. Yeah, well, I mean, Lips was a major presence at the show. Microsoft's booth at uh, and <clears throat> in case you have no idea uh, what I'm talking about, the Gamescom last week was a, a major trade event in Europe. It was held in uh, Cologne, Germany, at a place called the Cologne Messe, which is an absolutely freaking enormous uh, convention center. Um, Bigger or smaller than Planet Lunch? You know, I don't know. Is Planet <laughs> Lunch actually a planet? Well, if it's a planet, then. <laughs> That's pretty big. Well, yeah, if it's a planet, it's got to be bigger. <laughs> I mean, if it's a planet, it's got to at least be bigger than Pluto, because Pluto was just like, yeah, hey. It was downgraded. They were like, yeah. how big is it? It's not that big. No, it's not a planet then. Planet Launch is pretty big, so. Well, if it's called a planet, then it's at least larger than Pluto, so it can push Pluto around. All right. Well, can it push Pluto around? I, I'd imagine it's just made of, like, baloney, so it's probably not very massive. Well, like, it's got to be big, massive, It's big, but it's though. kind of just spongy. Are we talking but about the Cone Mesa or Planet Launch? Well, I'm just saying, if it's a baloney planet, like, the baloney, it would have, towards the center, it would have, like, condensed into, like, salami? super, super salami. Baloney. <laughs> yeah, salami. <laughs> a salami core. <laughs> Cold mess is not made of baloney, right? As far as I know, the cold mess is not made of baloney. Right. Um, it's actually a fairly new facility. It was nice. It was it was an uh, enormous uh, show. If anyone listening is, is in Europe, then... Uh, yeah, if you, you you may have very well gone there, but if you didn't, uh, it was it was pretty cool. I think everyone who went, which was a hell of a lot of people, uh, appreciated the show. But Microsoft's booth there only had four sections to it. It was not all that exciting. It was uh, uh, Halo 3 Firefight, which I got to play, which, which was pretty cool. cool. Um, they had a, a new map there. Um, 
and yeah just basically shooting a lot of stuff and yeah we put up like previews and footage of that um there was uh forza was on the floor forza 3 uh with like little driving stations which was also neat and very crowded and then it was lips was the other quadrant in windows 7 and that was the whole booth windows 7 oh man yeah it was there a big line for that uh, so there were a lot of people around the Windows 7 station, actually. I mean, I'd probably go check it out, but it's still kind of a little goofy to be at a games convention. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't. Microsoft clearly wasn't uh, like just in, just judging by their their booth wasn't like trying to make a huge splash uh, at the show. Not like Sony. Sony's booth was much larger, much more elaborate. They had like a giant Gran Turismo 5 uh, set up with people on. Uh, um, again, in in like chairs and like with racing wheels and pedals and that sort of thing. And the like, Sony booths always have really goofy chairs that you don't really know how to sit in them. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I will say they they'd set up so many Gran Turismo uh, things that there were chairs in front of some of them, and other ones you just sat on like a rail. See, because yeah. they didn't have See? chairs. You never know where to sit. You're like. Am I? Do I sit on this or lean against it? Yeah, there's always like a semi-futuristic beanbag barca lounger sort Hanging of thing. From Hanging from the ceiling <laughs> with like a model next to it looking bored. And you're like, ah, I don't know what to do. With this, this is like some really weird dream I had when I was 15. Yeah, it's like <laughs> the game center of the future. A little bit of lame smoke coming out of the side. Was it like that? Yeah, it was actually exactly like that. <laughs> was the Microsoft setup better or worse than, I think it was two years ago when they had their... Um, their games for Windows, like Tiki area. Oh, yeah. Where they had like fake palm trees and it just dumped, dumped a bunch of sand on the ground. What? <laughs> do, you remember, do you remember that thing? Yeah, they had Wait, a where giant. Was that? In Germany, in Germany, Leipzig. Yeah. Oh, I wasn't there two years ago. Oh, okay. okay. They, had, they, had, uh, they had like beach chairs and they yeah. just dumped some sand on the ground and not, not in like beach style, just kind of looked like dirt, dirty style. Like they just dumped sand in the middle of the floor. And you'd go over there and you're like, oh, wow, Viva Pinata and Age of Conan. I'm gonna go the other direction. They had a giant stone. So I don't get sand in my shoes. A giant stone hamster wheel that floated on the water that you could walk in the center of. Do you remember that? What? Did you ever oh. see that? You ever saw? Oh, maybe that was three years ago. They had a giant stone hamster wheel that you could walk on, and it floated on a little like bit of water. I don't and think that, it was really stone then. No, no, I don't know what it was. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. It's hard to explain, but that was like the the main attraction at the Microsoft booth. But that was at GamesCon in Leipzig. In Leipzig, yes. that was a different show. Different show. Yeah. And this is this was the first year of Gamescom, with an M, um, but yeah, Microsoft's booth not that fancy. What does all. that stand for? Uh, Convention. I don't know. Huh. I think it's, it's like Games.com. As far as I know, it's not even intercapped. Not even intercapped. Well, <laughs> they, but no. it's in Germany. They just smush all their words together. Yeah, that's, that's true. true. That's true. It's efficient. Yeah, but don't, you don't need spaces. Better intercap stuff. If you want to no, sell anything. No space to breathe. Anyone knows you need colons and intercaps all over the place if you want anyone to pay attention. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so there's the Fable 3 thing, and, yeah, you guys talked about that. There are a few details, but, yeah, no, like, what I was leading no into was cut. there was no price cut discussion at the show, whereas, obviously, Sony announced the Slims, and people yeah. people have them now. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, so, uh, there were stories on our site. We just did a little... Uh, roundup. Roundup. Should be on the front page, actually. Yeah, I, I found it. Um but, yeah, just of sort of what the rumors have been, because, yeah, for, like, a number of weeks, there have just been all these unofficial flyer posters that have been sort of all around the interwebs mm-hmm. where people are submitting, like, hey, I work, you know, at such and such a place, and they've been taking still photos, uh, which I'm going to assume have some credibility to them. Although yeah, it's, it's possible, pretty easy it's, to Photoshop It's those. possible to Photoshop all these. But, but I still think there's some – it's worth looking at those only because – Microsoft has to drop the price of the Elite to two ninety nine. They can't have the Elite be more expensive than a PS three. 
Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Just no, feature-wise. Why would you buy it? Right. I wouldn't buy it. Yeah, I wouldn't buy it either. At that price, I'd buy a PS3. Right. So, Done. It makes sense, but it also kind of makes sense that they've been quiet about it because it's not really a big... It's not a huge price it's, drop. It's not a huge price drop. It's not like the. It's like, and now we're competitive again, you know. And I think also there was another story I read about how they have too many 360s going through the supply chain right now, and I believe they're phasing out the Pro, like the mid-tier one. Right. So yeah, the rumor is that yeah, the arcade is going to get some sort of like revamp or mm-hmm. something, which is the bottom tier 360 unit one. that doesn't come with a hard drive. Mm-hmm. Um, then the mid-tier, which is the Pro, which has like the 60 gig hard drive now that's 299. Uh, would be just eliminated, and then the elite would be bumped down to the pro level and essentially replace it. So you just have arcade and and elite units, and the elite would be yeah two ninety nine. So you'd imagine if there's a lot of these pros sitting on Walmart store shelves right now, that Microsoft does not want to announce that they are phasing it out and dropping the price on the better one, because right. then they would never be able to sell those. Because right. then everyone would have a huge stock of pros sitting exactly. there, like nobody wants. This. Well, because here's what's happening at retailers right now with the PS3 is that. They're all flipping out because people are walking back in the store saying, yeah, I don't want this. Yeah, <laughs> Give me my money back. They're running unofficial promotions. There's some news stories that came out today at Best Buy and, and other stores saying that it's not official. It's not in flyers or anything, but they're telling sales guys like, hey, you know, get offer people a free game, you know, just to not return their system so they can get some value back out mm-hmm. of it. And, and some stores, I think, are running $100 back promotions for people who have bought it in the last however long, you know. So that's the problem with, dro- with price drops. You better – Empty out your supply first, yeah. and keep in mind that you're going to inevitably screw over people who bought your system in the recent past. A week before that, yeah. yeah. Um, but, I mean, there was another story that went up that our UK guys wrote up that said uh, there might be some sort of announcement very soon, like tomorrow or something, um, which, I mean... If you're listening to this podcast, I don't know how how late that news is going to be. But we may hear something very, very soon um, that's official. But again, this is based on more photographic uh, evidence type stuff of of flyers and that kind of thing. Arcade units free. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, but I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it's sort of interesting, but it's it's not really exciting on the same level as like a total system redesign where it's like, hey, we're giving you a different looking system. Because I mean, as silly and superficial as that is, it is... It is interesting. I mean, that definitely, you know. Man, it's not superficial. If you had a PS3, those things are freaking huge. Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> something. Well, I mean, it is. It is still like design, but yeah, it, it makes it a lot more appealing. If it's like, okay, I don't have you know a giant toaster oven sitting on my shelf anymore. I have it, yeah. something that looks like a piece of something that looks like a equipment. record player. <laughs> yes, an eight, an eight track player. Um, so yeah, I mean, hopefully we'll hear something a, a lot more official about that soon. But it so is... yeah, I would give some credence to the tomorrow thing because I believe Hillary sometime this afternoon is doing a phone interview with Aaron Greenberg oh. from Microsoft, but they will not tell us what the interview is about. Oh, those are the best interviews because you that's... can come up with great questions. Yeah, for those. exactly. It's like we can't tell you what the interview is about. But I believe Hillary <laughs> said that he'll be posting whatever they talk about could be i don't know snack food planet lunch but that should be going up it's probably about uh, at some point in the middle of the night tonight okay well then yeah maybe it is tomorrow yep interesting um, you just got to write down a bunch of random questions for those type of interviews so what do you think michael vick's impact will be when his return to the nfl this year and then aaron greenberg answers and then you're like okay well don't tell me what your news was i'm just gonna go with that <laughs> <laughs> i had I got, one i have I had my one. michael vick story i'm running with it <laughs> i had one with uh too late already live with, with good old jeff bell yeah. Where they would not tell me what it was about. Yeah. I was like, sure, all right. So I got on the phone with uh, the guy who was the head of marketing for Xbox mm-hmm. so that he could personally tell me about some uh, Gears of War Six Flags promotion that they were doing. 
And so he, like, they're doing like Gears of This was a long time back. <laughs> Gears of War, Scare Night at, at Six Flags. What? Yeah. And he told me, he gave me like the whole spiel. And then he goes, So, do you have any questions? I'm like, no, not at all. That sounds amazing. <laughs> Here's a war scare night. Yeah, I really want to get I really want to get to the specifics of this. How many how many consoles are you going to have available for people to play at the Six Flags in Sausalito, California? <laughs> <laughs> really? That was a good one. Good old Jeff Bell. Uh, Jeff still had that bell to ring right now. A lot of people show up in Gears of War cosplay. Just everyone's like, "I'm Marcus Phoenix." Like, oh, oh god, please go home. Um well, speaking of Gears of War, there was, um, and I totally didn't pull the story up, but there was a, uh, a version revealed of that. Ah, uh, yes, the Game of the Year version? Yes, um, that we have a story on. Says who? I totally don't have up, but what? I believe it includes Game everything that's been... Uh, well, yeah, we have, we currently have inquiry out to Microsoft asking them who awarded it Game of the Year. I know that these versions come out all the time. Just well, like, I mean, you that, know, that happens, though. People, people put out the, you know, includes all the downloads. and then all Which of is a sudden, what this one is. All of a sudden, yeah. And they call it Game of the Year Edition. It's for some reason called a Game of the Year Edition. Although, usually somebody will will call it a Game of the Year. Somebody. I don't know who, but maybe they won't say either. Aaron Greenberg. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Dub, called it the Game of the Year. Microsoft and Epic yeah. Game of the Year. I don't know. Yeah. I but have. yeah, so that's coming. It's, what is it? $40 coming out in September. And it's uh, has all of the downloads that have ever been released for Gears of War 2. So, what about the sweet guns, golden guns? Oh, I don't know about that one. That was for pre-orders. Yeah, but I will say that's a big eat it from Microsoft and Epic to all the people who just purchased the massive download that they put out. The all fronts, the all fronts, yeah, for twenty bucks. So yeah, you're right. September first, forty bucks, and includes uh, all fronts. And all the, uh, which includes, of course, the Road to Ruin campaign mm-hmm. chapter. That, and then there, were there any other downloads? I think that's it. So all fronts included everything. Though. No, did it? I can't remember. Yeah, all front uh, dark corners was just the new stuff. Okay. So when when those downloads came out a little while ago, it was all fronts was everything, and then dark corners was just like the new multiplayer maps and the Road to Ruin single player campaign. Okay. So yeah. This is all fronts plus the game on a disc. So, yeah, this bucks. is basically everything that's come out, which includes a, a whole bunch of extra achievements and stuff like that Right. for people who like the the achievement stuff. Huh. Maybe I'll try playing that game now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, Batman came out. Uh, should People, I guess, are playing it right now. And that was that was a review that went up while I was sort of overseas, and I looked at it, I was like, oh my god, I didn't realize that game yeah, was going to be... Yeah, Greg gave it a 9-3? 9-3. Yeah, I didn't realize that game was going to be so good, because I, I don't I know, think, I just... I think nobody did. It was one of those ones where you looked at it, and you'd see the trailers, and you're like, this looks awesome. And then at the back of your mind, you're kind of like, but it's a licensed Batman game. Yeah, exactly. I think that was it. And I just, I never like sort of, I guess, gave it much of a chance. I hadn't really seen much of it either. I just wasn't really paying attention because I was like, eh, well, you know, I don't know. We'll see what happens, but I don't have high hopes for this. Even with with Greg, because I'd never played it and never did any of the demos or anything. uh, I'd asked Greg shortly before he was reviewing. I was like, so is Batman going to be good? I have some friends who are asking me. And he said, I don't know. It's like, it could be. He couldn't even tell from the... uh, from the little hands-on sessions until he got the whole game and then he played it and he was like, wow, it's good. It all came together. Yeah, I mean, I sat through a demo at E3 and I was like, man, this is looking pretty pretty cool. And, you know, go to Hillary, the resident, you know, comic book guy I ask questions of because, you know, automatically mm-hmm. I see a comic book game and I'm like, this is going to be stupid. <laughs> and, uh, and having bought previous Batman games, 
which sucked. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he was like, I don't know. That demo, I don't know. And so I'm like, well, if Hillary's like, I don't know, this game can't be good. But everyone, yeah, everyone was, I don't know. Until yeah. now, it's apparently awesome. Everyone's saying, everyone who's played it says it's awesome. I need to, I need to play it. And apparently, extremely long. Extremely long. Well, it's like, it's uh, like 12 hours or something? At least. At, At least, least 12? Yeah. I mean, there, there's all of the mysteries, the puzzles or whatever. The Riddler stuff? The rumpus room that you can go into. I don't know what that's <laughs> The romper room? I don't know what that's called. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I got to play that game somehow. Uh, yeah, I've got a copy. I just I have to go oh, through some stuff for. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> There's no response to that. I'm not responding. <laughs> you can't. I'm clearly not responding. <laughs> There's absolutely no response happening. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, no. I was gonna say I'm gonna play it as soon as I finish up with uh, another game I'm doing for a review, um, which is pretty fun. Nine five. Uh, ninety million. Ninety million out nice. of two. Nice. I don't know what scale that is. That's a. That's, that's not a very good scale. Do we, do we have anything left on the agenda? Uh, well, I was just going to talk about uh, a few things I saw at Gamescom, I guess. Oh, good. Or or not. <laughs> no, you should. Did you see? <laughs> did you? Did they have good booth, babes? How about we interview you about Gamescom? <laughs> uh, there there were some good booth, babes. Yes. Were and there any who were just wearing the paint? Because they used to do that at Leipzig. Oh, no, actually. There weren't paint. There were some people who, uh, well, some ladies who had, <laughs> I don't know if it could really be described. Like, all right, take a look at, we have an Onichanbara calendar up in uh, up in the podcast room here. And Dirty. You, you were to look at screenshots, it, they basically weren't wearing clothing. I mean, they were, but, I mean, at the same time, it was like, wow. Um, but overall, it was, it was I think it was more tasteful than uh, than Leipzig. Um hmm. Was there anybody in a cage, like the Age of Conan no, booth? No. Oh, that was just depressing. That was probably the most depressing thing that I've seen, yeah, at a trade show, was the Age of Conan booth last year. Apparently this year, I didn't go to that booth, to Funcom's booth. Cool. Uh, Steve Butts did from cool. our from our PC team to look at the Rise of the God Slayer uh, mm. expansion. Now you look like a fool, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> say it, Charles. Say you look like a fool. No. <laughs> no, I'm not going to say that. Um but yeah, last year in Leipzig, they actually put girls in cages. And it was about 173 degrees. <laughs> That's pretty accurate, actually. And That's the cage not was about five times smaller than this tiny little podcast room. The cage was about two feet wide. Basically, if you take a person and rotate them to generate that cylinder, it was about that big. No, it was, yeah. it was, it was about enough space that you could kind of shuffle around in a circle. Yeah, it wasn't it was legitimately it. a girl in a cage. Yeah. She looked just as depressed to be inside that cage as you would probably be if you were locked in a cage. Right, exactly. It, uh, it wasn't sexy cage. It was you're not eating for the next 12 hours cage. <laughs> yeah, and it wasn't like like row of bars along a wall where there's like, you know, a door in the back and people can leave and go as they want. It's like in the middle of the public space, there's just a pedestal with a cage on it. Yeah. It's yeah. like, oh, she's just kind of in the fetal. No. She's in the fetal position, shaking a little bit. It's 173 degrees to cool everybody down. They'd spray gamer sweat on everybody from the sound. <laughs> just look at them and just be like, "You didn't know what you were signing up for, did you?" Or I don't know, maybe they did. I don't know, but yeah, that was weird. So nothing, nothing to that to that degree, really. Hmm. Um, but I did get to see Assassin's Creed 2. They showed a demo of that. Whoa. That, that game looks really good, actually. Um, after, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people had issues with. Um, with the first game, just with like the repetition of of the quest structure and just how that sort of got boring eventually. And just the lack of imagination put into the quests. Mm-hmm. Sitting yeah, on a bench, collect flags, 
now go collect more flags. Right. Yeah, the questing system wasn't wasn't very good, and the the flag collection stuff to sort of get bonuses and unlock mm-hmm. things was yeah, that was not very entertaining. Obviously, it had an excellent uh, animation system, and I really liked the the storyline. I, I like the... finding all the high points. That was really probably my favorite. Yeah, part so of the that's game. still that's yeah. still yeah. In you kind of look up one. and you're like. Get up there. I know I can get. Yeah, that was a real feeling of accomplishment when you got up to the very top of a town and you could see everything. Mm -hmm. And And you got to dive off. Yeah. Yeah, So there's still hay bales. You still jump into hay bales. Um, But yeah, I mean, they have the same sort of thing where it's like you identify the high points in a town and then you climb up there and that reveals things uh, on the map. But the the way the game progresses is not the same sort of thing. It's not like do three things to unlock assassination mission. It's apparently a much more sort of natural progression towards. towards your eventual like main goals and there are also like prince of persia style like linear sequences uh throughout the game some of which are optional and we saw one of which that was not optional that was part of a main storyline but where you go into like underground warrens and have to like jump around in in like uh i don't know like ruined uh towers and stuff like that and Hmm. spy on people and eventually you get access to huge glowing treasure chests that give you something special apparently but they wouldn't say what whoa yeah Secret treasures, etc. It's probably avatar unlocks. Probably get like a cape to put on your avatar. You think it's cross uh, cross game unlocks? I don't know. No, no. I mean avatar, the dashboard things. Okay, I thought you meant Ubisoft was doing like unlocks across all of their. Uh, no, I don't think James Cameron would allow that. Some blue alien crawls out and runs around Venice with you. <laughs> I don't know about that one. I don't think that would be very historically accurate. <laughs> Which is something that Assassin's Creed actually, like, I think that's actually pretty cool that they actually try to go for a little bit of historical realism mm-hmm. with their titles. Um, you can go in the water now, right? Yeah, and you can swim. That was how See, that's not historically accurate because that water's disgusting, and I've seen somebody fall in it, and you would die. <laughs> <laughs> I don't th- the, the, the demo I don't think was, I don't remember exactly. Was but it I, that I, disgusting pre-Industrial Revolution? Worse. Really? You just pooped in it. You we just, just talk- pooped over the side. In Venice, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, but, you so were doing did, that wait, anyway. Did you, <laughs> did you poop over the side? Look, yeah, but that was just me. But imagine the whole city. Imagine the whole city pooping over the side. At once? At once. Are there times for this? Is it like, hey, this is our like post-lunch break, and the, this is poop over the, the side the, time? Yeah, the, the church bells ring. It's yeah. like, oh, that's the call to service. No, wait, no, there were four rings. That's it's, the call to poop over the It's the four. <laughs> four tolls is poop over the side. It's the Venetian, the Venetian siesta or whatever, you know. You all go to the Doge's palace, and you poop over the side. <laughs> Should we move on to a little reader mail before finishing this up? Um, yeah, well, sure. All right. Well, um, anyth- well, yeah. I mean, I guess that's it. Uh, Peter says. Oh, actually, sorry. Oh, sorry, Peter. You're not getting read. What in your face, Peter? <laughs> I love Charles so much. <laughs> <laughs> that's what his letter He's said. He's the nicest guy. Peter ever. did have a sweet question. Um. Oh well, I mean, I guess not. Probably a lot of people don't care about this, but I thought it was one okay. of the most one of the most interesting things for me was uh, CCP, the company that makes uh, Eve Online, uh, which is a massively multiplayer online game uh, for PC. Um, I can see you guys getting bored. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> so this was at GDC Europe, which was uh, a show that ran just before Gamescom at the same venue. Um, they run EVE Online. They've been running it for years. It's continuously getting more and more subscribers, um, and it's fairly successful. And CCP, act- considering all the crap that went down in Iceland with their banking system basically, well, 
completely collapsing, <laughs> essentially. I- Iceland ran out of monies. Yeah, well, uh, CCP was showing charts of, like, how much they contribute to the overall, uh, like... GDP? Revenue, basically, of the country, and it's a significant percentage. Um, I don't remember what the exact percentage is, but it's it's big. I want to travel to Iceland now. Imagine that they had to just have hyperinflation and, like, a U.S. dollar will buy you, like... I don't know. It'll buy you a lot of in-game content. In-game content. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe some fish. So you're telling me the whatever the, else you do in Iceland. Iceland know. is now based on a fantasy world. Well, it's a, it so, always it's a, was. It's a sci-fi <laughs> world, Dave. <laughs> Dave, it's sci-fi. It's not high fantasy. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. A sci-fi world. What's low, What's low fantasy? Uh, the, I don't know. So, so technically, a computer virus could take down actual Iceland. Part of it. <laughs> Yeah, they better hope that server farm doesn't go down. <laughs> but CCP's been expanding their operations. They have several offices lo- located worldwide now. Um, and they announced um, Dust 514, uh, which is... I don't know how this is going to work, but it's it's a console-only first-person shooter massively multiplayer online game. Which means it's never coming out on 360. Which, first of all, means it's never going to come out. Yeah, it'll be bundled <laughs> with Huxley. Because... <laughs> Because yeah, MMOs never show up on consoles. But it 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 may the complicated part is that it ties into Eve Online. Oh, it's definitely never. So coming out. the way Eve Online works is everyone sails around and then it's entirely in in their spaceships, form alliances, and the content is basically entire player driven. It's not like World of Warcraft where everyone's like, hey, I'm going to go on a raid, and it's like structured content. And it's like I have to beat this boss, this boss, this boss. Eve Online, it's just free form. It's just player v player in gigantic alliances for control of territory and economy and every and trade and everything um so there's some sort of way and they didn't describe exactly how this is going to work but the players in the eve online world can direct the players in dust 514 to attack certain territories on certain planets that will result in control disruptions and exchange of territory. That's, that's not happening. It sounds happened. so complicated. It's never happening. And like, also, it'll probably tie into Facebook and Twitter, right? Am I right? And yes, everything you do will be exported to your own individual Twitter. It'll update. be auto-tweetered in the EVE Online universe, but not the real one. It'll be twitter Except for Iceland. <laughs> Twitterfied. Anyway, I thought it sounded really cool. I don't know if they're ever going to be able to pull that off, they but... That's allegedly happening. I thought that was a really interesting announcement. Because if that does work, then it could be totally awesome. But uh, sounds like quite quite a task. Um, anyway, sorry. Feel free to get your hopes up, though. I just did. <laughs> I got my hopes up. Auto tweeter. Colin Clayton uh, says, what's up, guys? I have a couple questions I was wondering if you could answer. First of all, what are some of the things I need to do to prepare for a career in game design? such as what schools, what classes, and what skills are needed. Secondly, is the Bedazzler game real? There's a lot of us who are hoping, or is that just an amazing joke? P.S. Charles Onyet rules. Sweet. Whoa. That's clearly a lie. So, the Bedazzler game is real. It's still in the design phase. Uh, we're still working on the design doc. It's actually going to tie into EVE Online. <laughs> you can bedazzle. No, no, no. It'll tie into Dust 514. Right, right, right. So right. the people in EVE Online direct the guys in Dust 514, and then they bedazzle stuff. Right. right. Or right. direct people to bedazzle stuff so that they can have sweet guns with bedazzle. Which will then unlock stuff in the bedazzler game, which will help with your RPG elements. Right. Um, which will be DLC in Castle Crashers. On Planet Lunch. <laughs> with ploids. Yes. It's all driven by ploids. Uh, career in game design? 
specifically just designing games. I, I, that's I a t- that's one of the tougher things to get into. If you really want to get into uh, making games, I would say the, the easiest route would be uh, programming. Take some math courses and get then some, programming courses. Get some math and programming courses uh, and enter that way. Yeah. Game design is kind of like... I don't know if there's any classes for that. How do I become I a... I think there are now. Some yeah. schools are starting to open this up. But, uh, it's more like, how do I produce movies? You know, like, well, get in on the ground floor mm-hmm. with some jobs that are widespread, like coding. Or go the art route. Go go get a degree in graphic design and learn Maya and 3D Studio Max mm-hmm. and work on your art and get, go that way. And you also have to play a lot of games to do that to know what's fun and mm-hmm. what people want to play and what people have absolutely no interest in playing and what doesn't work. And th- I mean, that's identifying like a lot of just subliminal stuff that you don't even think about like while you're playing games, like in terms of like where you want people to go and what you want them to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. It's like the whole like red barrel equals explosions st- stuff. And that's just become such a cliche that everyone knows about it now. But I mean, yeah, I don't know. I don't think there's really a, a class for that but then again i don't know i'm just making this up play, <laughs> play some bad games and you'll know what not to design yeah exactly there's there's nothing more telling about what is what doesn't work for a game than if you just go play like and not one that's like you know it's a good game but people like to hate on it because yeah, yeah. it wasn't quite as good as it could be yeah, like go, go, go play go pick up some 4.0s from ign.com yeah huh? go play a, like a bad game <laughs> and you'll just be like oh yeah this doesn't work at all all right uh cory says what's up trl hoodlums first time emailer but this seemed to be as good a time as any anyways i am not the biggest batman fan i've read some comics seen some cartoons been on the wiki for a few hours and watched the movies but never heroin addict into it like i am with lost as great as the game was i was wondering what you guys think would have happened if they had the exact same game but had the new batman movie license i having morgan freeman in your ear i love his voice gary oldman as a commission, Christian Bale, yada, 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 yada. Don't get me wrong. I thought the voice acting was great, but I still want to get your thoughts. If you think they might have gotten a more mainstream coverage and success if this were the case. Thanks, Corey from Ottawa. Have you ever been there, Charles? Am I answering that? To Ottawa? I have been to Ottawa. Yes, I went there with my family. And I visited the, the various structures there and government buildings. It was nice. Is that what Canadians do when they go on vacation? They go and visit like the town hall. And this tur- is the post office, eh? <laughs> <laughs> when you, oh wow! When you, when you turn seventeen, you're required to go on a car trip to Ottawa. You visit all the provinces you and to, see their post offices. You have, you, have to, you have to hop on the four hundred one. Is there a post office in Canada? What? Is there a post office? Yeah, there's one. Do you have a, a slogan? Takes a while to get to. Yeah, because the U.S. Postal Service through through rain through and sleet, rain, and so is yours just through rain snow? Nor sleet nor. Yours is just Norse snow. I thought it was just Kevin Costner rules. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I don't know. It's probably a Nickelback lyric. (laughs) Uh, Andy Samberg. Oh, this is how you remind me. There you go. That almost works. This is how you remind me. I like that. Yeah, it's exactly like that. (laughs) That's pretty much exactly like that. We never even addressed this question at all. What was the question? (laughs) (laughs) Would Batman be awesome if it had the movie license? No, it sucked. No. Movie equal game suck. It's I mean, yeah, it's really it seems like it's very difficult to mirror to mirror a movie and it's actually diff- be yeah. a good game unless it's different. It's, it's a totally different vision. And that's why the game's good. Andy Samberg says, Would you guys consider Shadow Complex for game of the year? I consider every game for it. Yeah, I remember I was trying to vote uh uh last year I was trying to vote Braid for, for Game of the Year. Mm-hmm. Um 
didn't work, but I tried. I was trying to vote Peggle Knights, and everybody's like, oh, that's not good enough. And I was like, you're not good enough. <laughs> <laughs> the <laughs> ultimate counter argument. This, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Bronson Carver, a TRL super fan, says, want to know what would be cool? No. Anyone? No. Charles? No, a little bit. A little bit? All right. A little bit. If you could play Halo, and when you press the eject button, a Master Chief suit would come out, and it's the same <laughs> with the other suits. What? And when you win the game, it will turn into reality. <laughs> so, you get a set of Spartan armor or something? I guess, yeah. In real life? But what you, would you are do with... Master Chiefs. <laughs> what would you do with Spartan armor? I don't know. Uh, wear it? Sit in it, because I'm not probably big enough to fit into it, so it's kind of like sit in one of the legs. <laughs> <laughs> Could you? I mean, yeah, you just like eat breakfast or something. I don't know. Um, Do you I would... eat with that thing? Does the visor retract? I don't even know. Yeah, just I'd play rugby. Cer- play rugby, yeah. Oh man, that would be pretty. Awesome. I pour cereal into the helmet and then fill it up with milk and eat it. <laughs> <laughs> I'd wear just the hands around. Just, just, just the hands. I'd just crush everyone's hands with handshakes. You just rock the rock the boots. <laughs> rock the boots, yeah. yeah. you just have sweet jumping all over the place. It's like, well, see you later. No I'm gonna, fall damage. Uh. I'm going to jump home. Yeah. I would wear... I just uh, float jump all over the place. I would wear just the cod piece, and I'd dare people to kick me in the nuts. <laughs> be like, overshield. Overshield. You didn't even get to it. You didn't even get to it. You kicked three feet away from my nuts, and you hurt your foot. You got to keep doing that. Now I'm going to run away and hide behind that rock. And when I come back, you're going to have to start all over again. <laughs> Shield just recharging. Evan Longoria says... You guys never talk about sports games on your podcast. Do you guys like sports games? And if so, which ones? Evan, you're one letter away from being hot. Almost Eva Longoria. Oh. I bet it's secretly her. She loves sports games. In that case, I like sports games. <laughs> <laughs> Sport, we never do talk about them. Oh. Uh, no, not now that Nate's gone. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough. Uh, Hillary plays a lot of sports games. Uh, I used to, but I kind of fell off. Yeah, I'll I've, play Madden every few years, and I'll play NHL hockey every few years, but that's I've, it. I've still been meaning to get back into NHL, because that was a series that I just played like obsessively for, well, basically through the 90s. Yeah, I did too. Actually, through the 90s, I played a lot of sports games, um, and they sort of just, I don't know, I just, they turned into like the same thing, I don't, or at least that's what I felt, even though I know that's not true, because then there was the jump to to 3D, and I think that's maybe where I got thrown off because stuff got cut out once the, the graphics bumped up. And... Mm-hmm. I guess if I think about it, I used to play a lot of baseball games. Like, last thing I... Last sports game I reviewed was uh, MLB 2K6 at IGN, I think, but... Man, I don't know. Once 989 got out of the game, I just stopped caring. <laughs> <laughs> once they stopped Sammy Sosa High Heat Baseball, that was um, <laughs> it for me. No more was baseball. World Series Baseball on Genesis or something? Yeah, that game was awesome. Yeah, I played that a lot. Saturn one, not awesome. But the Saturn one? I didn't awesome. have a Saturn. Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> you don't say that with the greatest of enthusiasm. Uh, Pavon says... I had three red lights, and I wrapped my Xbox with towels for about 30 hours, and I finally got three red lights. And I finally got three lights, and it also knocked out my street's electricity for 12 hours. <laughs> I found it very funny, but I got three red lights. Colon and parentheses, period. I think that's supposed to be a smiley face. Was he just wrapping towels next to, like, a coffee machine? <laughs> yeah. Uh, pro tip. If you're going to wrap your 316 towels, don't use wet towels. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's not good. Most people don't specify that, but uh, pro tip. Also, don't do that. 
Yeah, also, yeah, don't. <laughs> I wonder if that means he'd wrapped it in a towel and let it sit there for 30 hours, or if he was actively wrapping it for 30 hours. It's a big wrap. Yeah, it's a lot of wrap. That'd have to be a big towel. <laughs> yeah, it'd probably be pretty expensive. It seems like a lot of money to drop on a towel for your 360. There comes a point where, like, you know when you get a small towel, you're like, man, this towel's way too small. I'm going to be wet, but I'm still, I'm not going to be done with this. Yeah. And then you get one that's, you know, big enough, and you're like, okay, cool, I can use this. And then you get a little bit bigger one, you're like, awesome. You know when you get the slightly oversized towels? Yeah. And you're like, this would be great for the beach, or I can, you know, yeah. it's going to be great for anything. But if there's a point where towels get too big, it's not even useful. Yeah, it's it's kind of just like, wow, this is cumbersome. If you have to start measuring your towel <laughs> by hours instead of, like, length, <laughs> by it's, hours. it's like, this is, this is a 30-hour towel. Like, you know that's a little bit too big. Or when you forget your towel when you shower and you got to use toilet paper to dry off. <laughs> I hate that. <laughs> toilet paper. It's like, is that dandruff? No, I was rubbing my head with toilet paper. Just use the cat. Cat, come here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't get clean. That's for sure. Uh, let's do one more, maybe. Uh-uh. Get out of here. Yeah. Um, Austin Davis says, pancakes are gross. What? Hey, to earn some money, why not make some masks that have a specific emotion, like sad or happy, that Project Natal Milo would recognize? So instead of having to pretend to be happy or sad, you just show the masks to the camera. Love yeah. the podcast. P.S. Eric must read the next letter in a Russian accent. He has no choice. Well, you're the last letter. Yeah, uh, last letter. Oh, Sorry. Oh, man. Time paradox. I think that means you have to read one more letter. Really? Well, that one's pretty short. Wait. That's kind of like my idea to make a cardboard friend so I can play multiplayer in Natal. Did you call it Nutella? Nutella. <laughs> <laughs> Project Nutella. Nutella. <laughs> Sorry, that was my personal project I've been working on. I get confused. Well, I, from what I understand, the way Nutella works is that uh, it actually looks for the whole body and creates kind of like a, a skeleton. Uh-huh. So uh, that way it doesn't actually have to follow all of your motions because it just kind of internally creates this uh, pseudo, pseudo 3D skeleton for you right. so that even if something steps in front of you, it won't think that's part of your body because it's not part of the skeleton that's already created. Uh. So I'd imagine if you just had a mask, it would not even pick that up as a person. So what I'm sa- trying to say is you need an entire crash test dummy. Yeah. For the so story. basically it's bias against jellyfish. Well, I think he's saying you should wear the mask when you're playing it all yourself. Right, so it's like it tells your facial features. Oh, but wait, wait, is it? Wouldn't it be easier to just smile than to switch masks every then, time? Yeah, then to you make have, an entire mask. Then you yeah. have to have like a, a a stack of masks and yeah. like lay them out and be like happy, sad, you know, conflicted, worried about taxes. Yeah, but <laughs> I'm gonna make a Charles. Constipated. I'm gonna make a Charles mask, and I'm only gonna play it all <laughs> as Charles, a perplexed Charles. That's what I'll always be. Great. <laughs> I'm not reading this one with a Russian accent, but I am reading it because it's great. Uh, you should read the name at least with a Russian accent. Well, it's it's short unless it's a huge name. The name is his and her peas. All right, you should maybe read the first. <laughs> that is terrible. Yeah. Maybe you should read the first like part of the sentence in a Russian accent. Uh, hey guys, great interview with Donald Mustard. <laughs> that was bad. Anyway, but it's great. So great interview with Donald Mustard. But why didn't you ask him about his involvement with the murder in the study with the candlestick? Hey. Uh, <laughs>
Hey, it's Mae Whitman, and I play Frankie in the new Realm podcast, The Sisters. The Sisters is about a museum curator of medical oddities who investigates the origins of a mutated skeleton with two layers of bones. Seven ribs are completely fused. And you have no idea where this came from? No. She was sent here anonymously. Mm-mm. Not she. They, maybe? Wait. I've never seen anything like this. Soon, she uncovers an extraordinary mystery that connects her present with one family's tragic past in hauntingly dangerous ways. My grandfather was a journalist back in the 60s and 70s. He specialized in strange stories. Who are they? How are they connected to the skeleton? Play the tape. You'll see. Listen to The Sisters wherever you get your podcasts. We dream about it. We both dream about it. How often? Every night.